more inclusive than Chester Cheeto, it's Cape Crisis, the <laughs> comic book podcast every week where we talk about the new events in the world of comic books and the movies and TV shows based on them. I'm your host, Henry Gilbert. That is H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Hi. Hey uh, there. I'm Chris Antista. I am Dave Rudden. Yeah, we all get sounds. Oh. I had to... <laughs> Jeez. had to get... Uh, was Chester cheated in the news that I missed? Yeah, oh, do you, uh, I can tell you the quick story of that. Is that uh, so? Is, Tony the, is it not Tony, Tony the, the Tiger, Tiger is banning furries? Tony the Tiger was banning furries who, uh, on, uh, on the official Twitter, Twitter counter, was at least ignoring them. And uh, meanwhile, Chester Cheetah uh-huh. was getting um, replies at him saying. Uh, from furries dick. and then well like when senpai noticed me type <laughs> things and then he replies like i sure didn't notice you and they're like whoa chester Chee-. <laughs> like the official one is replying to furries while tony the tiger yeah. won't look at that yes, uh, didn't he block people like send me dick pics <sighs> children's serial killer or serial wow. character Serial character. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's very, very different words there. Yes. <laughs> anyway, what's happening? Uh, also, that in uh, I also found out today a term for furries that I didn't know before, which was Pizza Hut has a new thing. Their thing uh, that has yeah. like those breadsticks on the end, and they're calling mm. like, nice. knots of bread. Yeah. And they said, "Will you rather not? What do you do first, knot or pizza?" Mm-hmm. It turns out that a knot in the furry community means getting a boner or having <laughs> being being aroused. And so I thought they just called it a red rocket. So, well, <laughs> hey, look, we're learning a lot about that mm. community today. One I respect and would never make fun of. Yeah, because it's too easy. That, it's really it's. Smart of Cheetos to to accept yeah. furries because I don't think furries would want to eat Cheetos because you'd get your um, yeah you'd mess up yeah, all your your, your nice your, your fur, fur man. yeah that's true whereas fursona frosted flakes are just they're so easy to eat and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I I prefer I eating frosted flakes dry I think they lose once you put them in milk like mm-hmm. after two minutes what about almond yeah. it's milk just, it's just either way. In two minutes, they just become soggy cornflakes. Yeah. Like, but Cheetos, sweet yeah. milk. Cheetos are also more experimental in that, like, there's regular Cheetos, there's puff Cheetos, there's flaming like hot. flaming hot, flaming <laughs> hot, <laughs> and what? There's just frosted flakes for frosted flakes. It's well, true. They've never gone very far with the frosted yeah. flakes. Brand. And then there's chocolate frosted. There, flakes I counted ones. at Target. There are seven types of Cheerios now. Yeah, like, it's like flavors you chocolate Cheerios, so they've just given up on the whole healthy thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, they also have to make space for the Cheerio knockoffs that also go next <laughs> to Cheerios. Mm. Like, oh, it, the what is cheaper than a box of regular Happy Cheerios? Um, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Nature's uh, best brand O's. If well, I could only go back to the time when those Cheerios and Marvel Comics made me so fucking mm. happy. Dry mm. Cheerios and uh, Marvel Comics. Cinnamon Toast Crunch was my favorite. I, Cap- I wasn't allowed fat kid cereals. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, well, That's what my parents called them. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of brands that are aware of the internet and Twitter, that's our superhero spotlight for this week. Is on one Wade Wilson, aka Deadpool, who is definitely. I think he became a meta internet superhero way before most other mainstream ones yeah. did. That he, his his progression. I can't wait to hear about this. His yeah. progression is really fascinating. He wasn't. As I think his popularity is on the wane. Uh, I um, think maybe it's almost like they're making the movie too late, which the movie will bit. be out soon. At the time and the of movie this looks recording. fucking perfect. It mm. pretty much. I does, saw a, cl- yeah. a, a clip from trailers. it this week. It just shows Ryan Reynolds' ass and 
Uh, what's her name from Firefly makes a joke about putting it in her butt and like mm-hmm. it, it's it's such an unmarvel movie. Yeah, at yeah. this point that uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's being made by Fox, right? But Deadpool was Fox around. Film, Deadpool yes. was around for fucking ever, and no one said shit about him. No, he was around for well, he first appeared in uh, 1990 in New Mutants 98, and mm-hmm. he is a co-creation of uh, I hope I don't mess up his name, Fabian Nicias. And Rob Liefeld. So yeah. the story went that Rob Liefeld mm-hmm. is, he's, especially then, he was just a guy who's like, I drew a cool character. Can we put him in a comic? And so he drew Deadpool, which is a cool design, which yeah. hasn't changed a whole lot no. since his first appearance. Red, black, white eyes. But he has the, but he also has the standard Rob Liefeld over accessorizing mm. and that he has pouches everywhere, guns, double swords on his back, knives, and just ripped off Spider-Man's mask. And it's just... But it's such a cool outfit. And then when he showed him to... I'm not tired of that Deadpool cosplayer who does silly things at cons. There, that is great. There's dozens of those. Yes. They're all great. But so... I when, assumed it was one guy like fucking Santa Claus. I'm a moron. <laughs> when Fabian saw that character, he said... Oh, well, he looks a lot like Deathstroke from the Teen Titans books. Yeah. And let's just be Who does silly. What is like a mercenary with guns. Yeah, and... it was a mercenary with guns and swords. Mm-hmm. He's all those things that Deadpool is. Mm-hmm. So Fabian was like, well, let's just be funny with him then. We'll even call him Wade Wilson. De- Deathstroke's real name is Slade Wilson. Hmm. So yeah. Wade Wilson and... He was just supposed to be a one-off character of a group of mercenaries hired to kill Cable. That's mm-hmm. all it was. That's all he was supposed to be. He worked alongside, you know, guys like Domino yeah. and Killbrew and <laughs> Kane. It's crazy that they needed a group to kill Cable. Right now, mm. Netflix killed Cable. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, oh my God, dude. That was great. So that was his first appearance, and they kind of popped up again. New Mutants by 98. New Mutants ends in issue 100. Mm. It's rebooted as X-Force, X-Force, which, until Amazing Spider-Man 1, was the best-selling Marvel number one of all time. Really? Like, X-Force number one? Yeah. It, who, it, it Mutants, broke man. a million. It was Mutants the first to break 90s. a million. And, that, and it, well, it was also Rob Liefeld because mm-hmm. he was we all joke about him now but he was one of the him or Jim Lee were the first or Todd McFarlane first mega superstar artist why do we comics. joke about him now because he's a bad artist who can't draw mm. feet who puts pouches on everything who if you just <coughs> if you just spend a minute looking closely at any of his panels you're like oh I flashed through these mm-hmm. as a little kid but this musculature is all wrong. A woman's back doesn't bend this way. Mm. He purposefully didn't draw feet in this because he's no good at that. <laughs> or there's one, a classic one is just like, he draw he drew a gun in this kid's hand because he thought it would look cool, but the hand is all wrong. Like I just, sympathize yeah. when I love to draw hands and feet, man. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Uh, but then he kind of took off on his own. Like Fabian, Fabian then did a series without, he did a miniseries mm. without... Uh, without Rob Liefeld, instead with Joe Matarera. And this is when Rob Liefeld had left and started doing Youngblood, so image, so he wasn't around to do it. But Joe Mad was a big time artist at at his time too. He's on the rise. He would later go on to do uh, the, the Dark Siders, Dark Siders series. Ah. Uh, so it, he was a great fit for him. It was a more cartoony look, and Deadpool's own adventures got set up as a mix of silly and mega violent. Mm-hmm. And it also set up some of his first enemies as Juggernaut and Black Tom were his two big enemies. And that's when we started finally getting some of his uh, origin story, which 
Surprise, surprise, a character in the 90s had, was tied to Weapon X again, because that was the uh, cool thing. Weapon X was cool. Which that was, in, that was retroactively then. This was retroactive mm. because, well, because he was just a Another guy joke. who fought Cable. He, was, mm. he, was, he had barely any character. He was just like, we couldn't do Deathstroke, so we made up Deadpool, and he fights Cable. He, you're supposed to forget him by the end of this issue. Now you know where his name started. comes from? It's not that... Clint Dirty Harry movie. Um, well, this, is, this is the retroactive <laughs> history of the character, too. Uh, so he was a mercenary in Canada, mm-hmm. very skilled, finds mm-hmm. out he has cancer. Mm-hmm. He applies for a program that could maybe fix it because it's terminal. Mm-hmm. And it's Weapon X, and he's a human. He is not a mutant, but mm-hmm. they're like, we're trying to learn how to give Wolverine's healing powers to somebody else and they test it on him and it seemingly doesn't work but it really fucks up his body and so then they just send him to like a hospice ward that also is like frank doing frankenstein type tests on people there and when he's there they try to kill him and that's when his superpowers start up but he was friends with people there in the hospice and they had a joke of like who's gonna die first let's have a deadpool on who's gonna die first and so after he survives that place and leaves, he's like, you know what? From now on, I am Deadpool. <laughs> and, uh, but yes, cancer survivor. I don't. I don't know if that's what is it that made him such a jerk, though. Well, it's not a he, jerk. No, he's, he just doesn't give a fuck. Oh, also, all the experiments on him messed with his head yeah. big time. Like they were, they were testing him. Like, well, how is your healing power? Let's cut into your brain. And also, just the experiment itself to give him, mm-hmm. try and give him Wolverine's powers, fucked with his head too. And that's why. He started as just wacky, but by the late 90s, he had become a guy who was just like, I know I'm in a comic book, and I will talk directly to the reader mm-hmm. and break the fourth wall and, and have competing monologues going on, Is this on in too. his own book, or is this still in... This started in his own book, so yeah, okay. th- this is when it came together. So Deadpool so also... he did emerge popular in X-Force. He wasn't that popular. He yeah, was popular I don't, I don't remember. I don't know where his popularity took off from. I remember encountering him so in a ton I, of the X-Men books that I read, but... Yeah, no I, one was talking about it. I charted it as best I could. That mm-hmm. so he in '94 he got his own miniseries. Mm-hmm. He got a second miniseries in '96, written by Mark Wade, which mm-hmm. sold well enough. Mark Wade is not. A, he said he was not a good fit for Deadpool when he did it. Does seem weird uh, because he's too like he's just completely blameless and mm-hmm. and Mark Wade is all about making characters pay. I've for their always crimes. called Deadpool. I remember pitching this a long time ago. The perfect video game character, exactly because and he doesn't. I, we don't need him to be him invested to be a, a hero. Quite honestly, I think that was the turning point for him, but we'll yeah. get to that. And so, after the Mark Wade in a book, then he finally got his own ongoing series, mm-hmm. written by Joe Kelly with art by Ed McGinnis, who both would go on to be big-time stars, but this was kind of their first book mm-hmm. for a major publisher. And to paraphrase Joe Kelly, they thought they were going to be canceled almost every issue. They're like, we're on the verge of cancellation all the time. Screw it. Let's just do whatever silly thing we want to do. Yeah. And they got more referential, more mm. more parodic, more more satir satirical mm-hmm. to the point where they did one issue I remember that he just goes back in time to an issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Like now he's in Amazing Spider-Man 55 and he's just like they just drew him into the panels and there's this hilarious bit where it made sense in in the mid 60s that Mary Jane was just such a cool girl. She's like it may turn on the radio. I want to dance. And oh. then she just starts dancing. I, that, and those dan- dancing panels from the yeah. 60s comics, they were so prevalent. And, Here, watch the pose, Henry. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm my feet. Yes. And then Deadpool's reaction, they're like, this girl just, is she, is she okay? She's just dancing. What is going on here? And it was just such a fun, silly book. 
but it also felt like this a secret book. You tell other friends like, "Oh, you should read this." Nobody else is reading this. Nobody's reading Deadpool. It wasn't that popular. It did go like it. It went on long enough for Joe Kelly to leave the book, and then. Christopher Priest, who's one of my favorite writers yeah. too, all, aka Priest, mm-hmm. uh, he his claim to fame is that he wrote the book The Prestige that got made into a movie. Oh, wow. huh. But he also did Quantum and Woody and, uh, and really a bunch funny, of other comics. Man. I really like that book. Keep meaning to read more of it. And then Gail Simone took over the book after him. Really, but then to show you how unpopular Deadpool it was at that time, they rebooted all the X Men books at, at, around when Gail Simone came on. And they just took his name off it. They're like, no, it's called Agent X now. And Wade Wilson is this guy named Agent X. It's a total concept reboot that's more it sounded like it was more serious than Weird. that. They wouldn't want Deadpool's name on a book. He's crazy. Like, well, man, it seems we don't crazy. Want but uh, what? I mean, I looked into it one time. It just looked like that Deadpool was popular internally. Yeah, more popular internally than he was mm-hmm. externally. And so, so it looks like someone had a shitload of faith in him. For a very long time. Well, also, when you look at Deadpool, he's a 90s joke. Like, that's his outfit. And by 1999 or 2000, you don't want to have a retro-looking guy. It's not cool. You want to be cool and matrixy, bro. (laughs) And call him Agent X and put him in leather. I'm just baffled when he became the character he is now, which is mega pop. I think the turn... Well, so Joe Kelly definitely set the tone. And the Deadpool we came to love started with Joe Kelly's Deadpool. So then cut to 2004, Deadpool kind of gets a reboot where or, or return to form because mm-hmm. Fabian and also kind of Rob Liefeld take back over the character and do a series called Dead, uh, Cable and Deadpool. That, and that's what literally in reintroduced me to, like, in the comics again because I thought that was fucking... It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It had... Cable is synonymous with me to like colorful '90s X-Men. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know. I think he might embody everything about that era of X-Men. Well, he's a cyborg from the future, from the future with who's huge also guns. with huge guns. Who's also related to the two main X-Men. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, he's the trunks of the X-Men universe. Exactly. And, well, the anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I, but then like he's really cool. Like I would never would have bought a book with Cable on it. But mm. Cable and Deadpool. I, my friend was like, "Yeah, I'm just reading Cable and Deadpool." I'm like, "What the?" Is that? Sounds like the dumbest thing. Open it up and like from within like two pages. Like <laughs> this is great. This is genius. Who? How yeah. did you come up with this combination? Well, the Cable and Deadpool are great because they uh, in, and they're forever tied. Cable mm-hmm. uh, Deadpool was introduced as a guy who was supposed to kill Cable, and so just Cable is so self serious, and Deadpool is the complete opposite. They're, they're the original odd couple, uh, but that book ended up not it. It also waned in popularity enough that they just took Deadpool's name off. They're like, it's Cable now. It's just Cable. And it kept going. And and I think it was around this time that the co- that the video games really picked up Cable. Uh, sorry. The video games really picked up Deadpool. He appeared in X-Men hmm. Legends 2. He uh, appeared hmm. in multiple, like, uh, the, he appeared in Marvel's Capcom 3 eventually, but that was later. But it was, was in the just- late... The was, Legend series or the the Alliance series and Alliance. He yeah. first uh, Legends came first. He was in Legends two. Then he was in Alliance, and he also was an enemy in the X Men Origins Wolverine game too. Which uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But I think that's when gamers kind of recognized him as a huh. postmodern dude who was just wacky, who just said funny shit, and also had awesome swords and had yeah. a healing factor and. He joked about his own popularity. He was a postmodern hero for yeah. the internet age. I thought I made a little pitch of him like being the perfect game character because his mm-hmm. motivation is not heroism or even progression. He's just having he's having the same kind of fun the player is supposed to be having mm-hmm. every time he interacts with something on a so- almost sociopathic level. Totally, but that is, yeah, that, totally. But like that's his. He will kill anybody in any way as long as it's funny. Yeah. As long as it's amusing to him as, as a player of violent games. Yes. 
Yes, that's what I'd like. That's and what also, I'd like to do. And also, he can talk directly With to no the remorse. player too. Yeah, he talks directly directly to you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's partially uh, partially that. Just I don't know a reverence for violence. Yeah. Wait, well, he, and it's fun. So let's talk about his powers real quick too. He only has one power yes. really, yeah. which is an indestructible an, an indestructibleness. Like technically, you could cut his head off, and if you just threw it a football field away. He'd be dead, but you gotta. He, if Apparently he can, not. If he can reattach his head, mm. then it will sew back. But he can't grow a new head. I he will he grow could. a new arm, but well, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know the extremes they've taken to. I thought he could. I, I, I never read an entirety of a series until Daniel Ways. Yeah, so um, that's I think that was when the ball really started in comics. Yeah. of Deadpool. I think that was when the Marvel publisher mm-hmm. realized Deadpool could sell books. So yeah. right when Secret Invasion happened, a new Deadpool book happened. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a new mega crossover, they usually launch a few books sure. tied into it. Deadpool got his own. And Daniel Way was the art, uh, the writer on it. And he, it was when he introduced the three voiceover yeah. people for, for him. The super crazy one, Deadpool, and the, and the smart guy. Yeah. And they're all just talking all the time. And it, he... Gets to kill a bunch of scrolls. Yeah. And that's a lot of fun. But it also peppers in some of the minor tragedy about the character, too. Because he is, yeah. he's a sad guy, too, who hates how ugly he is. It's also. one of my favorite moments from Secret Invasion that he uh, the scrolls want to steal his uh, regeneration power. And like, mm-hmm. okay, you got it. But you also have my cancer, <laughs> which works in conjunction with my regenerative powers. It's how I don't die. Because my cancer reproduces so fast. Or something like yeah, that. So, so now you they, all have a shit ton of cancer. There's <laughs> uh, just all your tumors world. on you right now. Yeah, it was, I thought it was really funny, but like, kind of showed you how his powers works. Maybe a little differently than other people. Like yeah. it, that they work in conjunction with his like horrific cancer. And he also which like, is having a great year right now. <laughs> oh boy! But he's also super skilled in guns and martial arts, and. Because of his healing factor, not unlike Wolverine and, and Captain America's, it means his he can build cells better. Like he's better than any Olympic athlete, and he's though he's not like he couldn't punch out Spider-Man or the Hulk or anything, but he can jump faster, run longer, and pick up heavier things and hit harder too. Plus, he usually has some sort of teleportation tech. Though in his most recent appearance, they changed it up that he he has an enslaved Bamf, which are. Um, little uh, nightcrawl yes. night nightcrawler mice yeah like nightcrawler mice night that crawler just rodents. takes him around and so yeah Daniel Way kind of really changed how he was in the books and he started getting so popular to the point that they they he had multiple ongoing series yes. and there was even like a parody of the Green Lantern Corps stuff mm-hmm. that was doing so good in the mid 2000s they do the Deadpool Corps where he teams up with Deadpools was, across the multiverse it was Spider-Verse before Spider-Verse yeah it was, it was really because I he, he was popular with me and I didn't know that I guess I knew you guys and you guys didn't talk, talk much about Deadpool um, mm. I liked him not not wasn't in love with him and then I go to like my first con and like dude this guy has like as much merchandise as Spider-Man yeah at this point like here's a squirrel and a panda dead girl um, lady the, the, the head that's just there's a, a dinosaur head. yeah like yeah. yeah like a ton of Deadpool stuff and the amount since we've started this show the amount of like what would you call them four issue run Deadpool Oh yeah, just one-offs. one-offs Deadpool like, kills yeah. the Marvel Universe. Deadpool kills Deadpool. Deadpool <laughs> Illustrated, where where he goes into he goes into popular fiction of the turn of the century and kills Huck Finn. Wow. Um, Deadpool versus Hawkeye was another really good one too. Yes, and uh, I I keep meaning to pick up Deadpool and Spider Man. And it's also when he started appearing in team books too, because he then got into X Force mm-hmm. and Thunderbolts, which was it was almost like how Spider Man just became a member of the Avengers due to popular demand, even mm-hmm. though it had been written for so long, like. 
this person isn't a team player. They shouldn't be on a team. They kind of have to ride around that. He did have a short cycle in the X, like finally being allowed into the X Men. I believe yeah. in the Utopia period. Well, so in Thunderbolts, it was this funny. It Thunderbolts. had Thunderbolts was one of my favorites. It's not a great book. The Thunderbolts. But the com- book the is combination in. of characters. Yeah, to see him, Venom, he, Punisher, he, Red Hulk. Venom, Punisher, Red Hulk, Elektra, yeah. and Deadpool, and that Venom is just a soldier. He doesn't like Deadpool. Deadpool's annoying most of the straight-laced dudes on the team, especially Punisher. But then Deadpool's got a crush on Elektra, but then Punisher and Elektra, they just have a, like, fuck buddies thing going on <laughs> on their own thing. And then Punisher, like, threat De- Deadpool threatens Punisher, and then Punisher puts a gun to his head, and it's one of my favorite Deadpool lines where Punisher's got Deadpool dead to rights. Then Deadpool says, you know what? You will kill me first, but I guarantee you I will kill you last. And it was just, I, I like that exchange there. Yeah. And and now Deadpool's bigger than ever in the comics. Marvel, all new, all different, is all about Deadpool. Like he, weird. He has multiple books. He has his own book. He has the miniseries with him teaming up with Spider-Man, which I loved. Mm-hmm. It was the first issue anyway. It was so great. He's an, a member of Steve Rogers' Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I like the, it's kind of a meta commentary there too, where Steve Rogers is bankrolling the Avengers Via Deadpool merchandise. Yes, yeah, it's it's great, and that's that has to be a commentary on the state of things. Yeah, and we, well, I we, also we, don't we, think we talk a whole lot about like Marvel and the X Men universe being very weird, but they killed Wolverine. Nothing has diminished with Deadpool, and they don't yeah. own him. Yeah, it is and, funny that the guy they can't get in the movie. Like he, they're making a Deadpool movie. Yeah. But I wonder if they do have the merch rights to him. I wonder. Maybe I maybe know. that's part of it. Because well. Like, I also wonder if it's because you mentioned... I, I said at the beginning, I used to think he was a mute. He is not. Oh, he's not. Uh, because he's a regular guy who was, try, who was experimented on. And I wondered that's I also... I always hate these semantic arguments. Well, in... Spider-Man's a mutant. Just get used to it. There was a joke in Squirrel Girl a few issues ago about how she used to be called a mutant. And then her mom said, oh, no, she's not a mutant. She's um, legally distinct from a mutant or whatever. Did you see she's in Lego Avengers? Yes, yeah, she is. It's great. She's in Marvel superheroes too. She's, okay, she's, it's not so special. No, I can't. Yeah, that game is out this week. It, it's the gayest Lego game ever because uh, gay Marvel characters, America Chavez, Wiccan, and Hulkling, and uh, a couple others are in it because they're freaking Avengers, and it's it's great. Shit, I meant to pull it up, and it's probably more appropriate for the news segment. Mm-hmm. Well, that's coming. Really, soon. really awesome. Did you talk about the legal the legal battle over the fan X Men thing? Oh no, no. Like Marvel pulled all like all this beautiful like. Looks oh, like I old did. Art. I saw that cartoon. That was great. But and it's well, it's all been pulled online. Yeah. And you go to this video of him like I spent all my money on this. I didn't think they would come at like this that is how I would come at them. Yeah, because they did come at him really hard and and. and, and not really in the defense. He's selling prints of like his versions of those Marvel. Yeah, but people He's sell prints totally. of art they do all it the time. All the time. Why get... come down on this guy? And like the first comment mm-hmm. in the, the most popular comment mm-hmm. on the YouTube video of him saying, "I'm sorry, but they're all gone." Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for your support. Is Larry Houston, the director of a majority of the '90s X-Men, who says like, "I your shit is awesome. I am so sorry, and I can only tell you that this is a way different company that I I dealt with." Whoa, when I directed the majority man. of it, I just love to see him like jump in there like that. And, well, and he's this old Hollywood producer who has nothing to lose. Like I would think. Yeah, that. I guess because I looked up his bio, he doesn't seem to have a lot of ties with Marvel, other than he 
absolutely directed like over 60 Mar- wow. X-Men episodes and the, the next person di- like directed like 20. He directed all, most of them and uh, showed his support for him. Oh, uh, well, I did Deadpool, really, my bad. I did really like the Deadpool book with Brian Posehn. Uh, Brian Posehn and Jerry Hanks, Duggan yes. wrote with Tony Moore on the art, uh, which he's the Walking co-creator Dead of creator. The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, it's a really funny book. It's, the litigious Tony Moore. Yeah, hey, he, him, and those guys are friends now. He are did, they? he did a cover for. Well, I think they're at least mutually advantageous relationship, and Tony Moore probably got got his mm. Skrilla. But he he did he did a special cover for 150. So obviously a guy who is still suing Robert Kirkman might not draw a comic cover for him. Just give me some money, Bob. But Brian Posehn did a lot of great work on it. As as not to diminish Jerry Duggan, who is now still the, yeah, still the writer on it. On it. It's it, Brian Posehn finally is like, oh wait, I'm I'm a, I can make millions of dollars. I'm just going to go over here. Well, he started a movie over the Christmas holidays and. Mm-hmm. Um, He's written his own comics for Image and stuff. Yeah, and I he have did to, uh, the Santa Claus one. The, I have to imagine in his position, a lot less pressure than an ongoing at one of the biggest com- yeah, comic companies. Yeah, and he did it for years. Like, Posehn worked on it for years. About three years. Uh, and then when it comes to Deadpool's, that's where Deadpool's at now in the comics. When it's outside of the comics, Deadpool well, is he's, he's now everywhere. the head of the Avengers, essentially. Yeah. Like, Oh, known as Heroes for Hire. But, I'm sorry, I have not read a lot of the, the most current issues of Deadpool. But on top of him starring in his own movie soon, it's also he starred in his own video game. Mm-hmm. And he start on top of like multiple co- cameo appearances, he starred in his own video game. Which, in most of his game appearances, he's usually played by one Nolan North. Mm-hmm. And they actually... He's one so, of the few that cross over from the Capcom games into company, the Activision Different games. companies yeah. hire him. They're just like, oh, we still want That's this guy. We still Pineapple! Yeah. And so the, so the Deadpool game's not... It's not great. And it's not worth 50 bucks. Do not pay 50 bucks for it mm-hmm. on PS4. But it's a fine little funny thing. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to experience. And especially... I think they do front load it with the best jokes, including... I didn't want to play this. This is... Deadpool talking to Nolan North at the start of the game. <laughs> Nolan! Hey, what's up, buddy? We're making a game about me. We've gotta have you do the VO, man. I mean, see, here's the thing. People tell me we sound alike. That sounds awesome, Deadpool. Listen, I had a different take on it. Maybe we just make you, you know, maybe it's an alternative type of Deadpool. You know, it's somebody... Yeah, well, fuck you, Nolan. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> fuck you, Nolan. Just... Him saying that to himself, I just, uh, I love that. Yeah, so. that's probably what all voice actors say under their breath yeah. as they lose jobs to Nolan North in the video <laughs> game industry. Oh, man, I bet. Yeah, they all should just keep that on thing like, yeah, fuck you, Nolan. You but Nolan. Uh, but he's he's great in Marvel vs. Capcom 3 as well, and I hope, he, I hope he doesn't disappear again. He was barely in the cartoons. I was looking that up, too. Like, when was he in the 90s? They he had like non speaking roles on a couple of the X Men animated series episodes, like just in flashes of stuff. I think because in the nineties, maybe they deemed him too violent, or he was just too obscure. But they weren't putting him in in any cartoons. It wasn't until the two thousands he got to be in animated shows. Mm-hmm. Like he was on an episode of Ultimate Spider Man. Huh. It's the Ultimate Deadpool episode, not voiced by Nolan North, but North does voice him in the Hulk versus Wolverine cartoon, really? where he teams up. It's all of Weapon X fights I Wolverine. Just- threw that away <laughs> I took it out of your garbage uh, they're, yeah. they're terrible yeah, yeah. Great. speaking of non-speaking roles for uh, for Deadpool why was he like basically jobbed out of uh, uh, what is it X-Men Origins Wolf? I yeah. am I am baffled I by what I'm seeing no in, in the new movie yeah that a they're continuing with Ryan Reynolds yeah. mm-hmm. and B they're redoing the or- like that 
that doesn't seem to exist. Because uh, well, they're showing scenes of him being wheeled in and... Yeah, though the film wouldn't exist if Ryan Reynolds wasn't making it. Like, it, he, he seemed to be the weird. real creative force on it. Mm-hmm. And just the whole thing of like, oops, somebody leaked the test footage. Yeah. How'd that Deadpool, happen? Very <laughs> Deadpool thing to do. Exactly. It was e- I think it was either the producers or just Fox themselves just did the, uh, an accidental test screening. And then by the next Comic-Con, they're like, oh, here's the real trailer. Mm-hmm. With most of what we showed you last year, or you yeah. saw last year. And yeah, it's got this sense of humor. It's R-rated like it has yeah, to it's be. Cra- it's crazy. Uh, but they, but he like, murdered Mario Lopez in yeah. one of the ads for it. There's it's no just, like official reason that he was so like chumpy in that as, movie. Was nobody it, really explains yeah. it. Because no, Marvel just, wasn't nobody involved knew it, and no yeah. one gave a fuck about the characters. They heard yeah. they had a popular character named Deadpool. Yeah. We have an actor named Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Let's see during the writer strike if we can make this That's, script work for mm-hmm. us. That is also the problem with the film is that it was made during the writer's uh, strike. Who knows if it would have been slightly better yeah. if the writers is, hadn't struck it's, during it. The movie is terrible on a bil- for a billion other reasons, mm-hmm. but third of them, yeah, if you were in there to see a de- Deadpool in a movie, mm-hmm. holy yeah. shit, was that bad. Though to another degree, if, you're, if you were there to see Gambit in a movie like nope not getting anything (laughs) he flies his Cessna for a little bit (laughs) yeah and he like gets jobbed out to Chris Antista's Sabretooth yes (laughs) who now I am now fatter than that guy it's like I look older than him now (laughs) so anyway that is the superhero spotlight for one Mr. Wade Wilson so I hope you've learned a whole lot about him Uh, let's get into some news real quick so DC, there's... Oh, that X-Men shit I said there. (laughs) That X-Men shit I said earlier. I didn't know we were doing news. Well, so DC seems to be going through another reboot might be happening, Uh. the rumors are saying. So DC has been uh, teasing a thing called Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Which I think is them saying it's not a full reboot. We're not. Well, it's not a start. Discovered Jesus. <laughs> well, what is happening very soon are two big things. One, if any book started at issue number one in the new Fifty Two, they are now reaching issue Fifty Two if they haven't been canceled yet. Really? So, Superman, huh. Batman, Action Comics, they're reaching issue Fifty Two, and I think they're seeing that as like we should start over again or something. Like we've gotten to a high number and we should just go back to number one at the same time they're about to launch a new cinematic universe Mm -hmm. and so the rumor according to bleedingcool.com they're the source on this is that they're canceling a whole bunch of books while meanwhile they're like we're going to make central to our books superman batman wonder woman justice league as a concept Mm -hmm. and harley quinn and they're going to star in more than one book a month all of them and batman and superman those books are going to be going bi-weekly scott snyder is leaving batman the book what well because he's not going to write it bi-weekly he's not and it's going to be event driven it sounds like the books with the characters names on them superman and batman yeah those are going to be more event driven and more like bi-weekly Here's the thing. This will make it look like it's in the comics. Well, meanwhile, Scott Snyder is moving to Detective Comics. Hmm. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I do over Detective Comics. I'll do that every month. Leave me alone from your Mm movie-driven thing. That's really weird. And so, yeah, it makes you... It's. It'll be interesting to see how they handle this. If if they've learned a thing or two from the PR issues that New 52 were. Bleeding Cool Hmm. collected a bunch of comments from comic shop owners who... Multiples of them were just saying, like, you know what? No, not doing this this time. Like, I'm going to order the minimum on this to cover my people, but I'm not giving this the try. You've you've rebooted this like four. This is the fourth time in four years, though. You could say Marvel is also done now, all new, <laughs> twice all in new 70. now. Yeah, they've done it too, but they're apparently they they're a bunch of retailers that had a lot less patience for it. 
Though, meanwhile, uh, as part of it too, the rebirth seems to be that Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver, the guys who did Green Lantern Rebirth, Birth, and Flash Rebirth, seem to be working together on a new rebirth. Though, I don't know what DC character needs that much of a of a new coat of paint to be fixed by those two guys. Like they are the fix it men in DC, but. Seems like, I mean, they fixed Aquaman. Who else is there to fix for them, really? Uh, then meanwhile, Marvel is teasing a new thing called Dead No More, which they've been advertising with teaser images yes. that the first one seemed to imply Captain America in, mm. in the writing. Or it was like, or, or people were thinking, oh, it's Wolverine. Who is it? It's just white text on black. This newest one was Dead No More, Spider-Man. surrounded by spider webs. And mm. so but people neither, like... None of which are no dead. Doubt. Wolverine is dead. Yeah, but Wolverine is dead. Steve Rogers isn't dead? No. But then some people are wondering if it's just how they're going to, like, is the thing just dead characters come back for each character and it'll be this big crossover and, like, Gwen Stacy will just come uh. back from the dead? I, I don't know. It, it, that's the, the newest uh, tease. Also, Glad uh, announced all their awards for their giving out or their nominees anyway. Mm-hmm. And they announced it for comic books as well. They have a comic book section in Glad. And in there were uh, some I suspe- expected, some I did not. There was Midnighter, which is about the the hardest, meanest gay superhero <laughs> ever, Midnighter. Uh, then there's also Lumberjanes, which you read okay, that. Yeah, you can totally one. see that being there. And Wicked and Divine, which also is a very queer mm-hmm. book. Uh, but then also was Harley Quinn, which, outside of her being confirmed to be by mm-hmm. in on Twitter by the writers, I don't think there's gay content mm-hmm. in the book. So I'm not totally sure on that one. And meanwhile, there's Angela, Queen of Hell, which I've been meaning to read because Angela is totally just uh, like has a trans girlfriend now, while uh. also being the Queen of Norse Hell. She's like, I'm the queen of Norse Hell, and also I have a transgender girlfriend, and we make out. Uh, so, hey, I need to get to reading that. Uh, I also read this funny bit that Nolan, uh, Christopher Nolan, it was, Christopher Nolan gives Snyder his Batman blessing, which uh, really? the, the thing was just like, Snyder was like, are you cool with me doing this? And Nolan said... Well, he's not my character anyway. Somebody else will do Batman after you're done. Which honestly seems like a backhanded like yeah. yours don't yours will matter either. I but I also think Nolan comes off as a little prissy there. That he's like, This is my character. Like, no, it wasn't bat it wasn't mm-hmm. your Batman when you showed up. Like you made your own Batman, but yours wasn't gonna be the only Batman movie. It belongs to the world. <laughs> yeah. And so I know he shouldn't take it the same as like if somebody was if if Zack Snyder came to him and said, Can I make Memento again? That was really good, yeah. but I think I can make it too. Like I could get Nolan being a little yeah. bristly at that. Well, he did tie it into the universe with Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Tom Lennon! Um, like, what's the, the, that's basically the worst thing. Like, he couldn't say anything worse than that. Like, no, you can't do this? Yeah. Like, it's weird. He also couldn't stop yeah. him. Like, he wasn't going to be able to actually stop him from making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also read Dan Slott spread this quote, or shared this quote from a similar interview about Batman versus Superman that said, this Batman's tougher. He's judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. And... Dan Slott was like, don't, I hope you literally don't mean he's an executioner. Like, you guys just had Superman killed a guy. (laughs) And uh, uh, there was also a fun thing of Jim Lee drew, Jim Lee doesn't draw Marvel characters anymore. He's a DC executive. But for Jeff John's birthday, he sent him a, a black and white drawing, a new one of Colossus in his classic wow. Colossus costume saying Tovarish uh, <laughs> Jeff Johns like it's a cute little thing that Jeff Johns shared on his Instagram I, awesome. I like that 
Uh, and then Stan Lee is doing a Let's Make a Deal episode with Wayne Brady. Uh, what? Yeah, well, so Let's Make a Deal. You remember that 70s yeah. show? No! Like, what's, with okay, Monty Hall. Ever, with Monty Hall. Have, yeah. yeah, have you ever heard the joke, it, what's behind door number two? Uh, that's that's, that's Let's UHF. Make a Deal. That's Fox. <laughs> so they're making, they, there is Stupid. currently a new one. Hosted by Wayne Brady, who is like born to be that job, yeah. and Stan Lee is going to be their special guest on their oh Geeks God. episode. I am the biggest geek in the world. <laughs> uh, Do you want what's behind box number two? I was. What are, what are geeks to you? Are they seventy-year-old executives? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and then lastly, on on the film thing, Spider-Man is the Spider-Man film is going to be filmed in IMAX to pre- be presented uh. in IMAX all the way. I'm totally looking forward to that. And then Quentin Tarantino dropped that he almost considered doing a Sergeant Rock movie, which Sergeant Rock is a totally forgotten World War II yeah, like DC way, comic superhero. Way before like the superhero movies were a thing. Yeah. And Inglorious Bastards basically mm-hmm. is an R-rated Sergeant Rock movie anyway, so I'd say he got his wish. All right, let's Sounds wrap like this up. like a bad up. Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Ash, we're going to take a break. Army men who fight the, fight the Vietnamese in the day and rock out by night. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Chris will have to leave us, but we will be talking about what Dave and I have been reading, plus your answers to last week's question of the week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the break for Cape Crisis this week, and I appreciate all of you listeners and all of your support on places like patreon.com slash laser time where you can get so many extras by directly supporting us and it's the easiest way to help us continue doing this show you just give us five ten dollars a month and you get a ton of extra things plus our undying love and support for you know helping us pay rent and and buy comic books uh, also, though, if you wanted to buy comic books of your own, you can do that on Amazon.com. Duh. But don't just go to Amazon.com. Go to LazerTimePodcast.com, and on the right side of the screen, you're going to see a bunch of links to Amazon. If you buy anything through those links, not just what we suggest, but anything, you will get it for the same low Amazon price, and a little bit of money gets kicked back to us at no extra cost to you. And as always, any reviews and new subscriptions to iTunes for this show also help us out quite a bit with visibility, as does just you telling people, hey, you are looking for a cool comic book show? Listen to Cape Crisis. Tell a friend that uh, just spreading the word like that really helps. And now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to go with a Deadpool book today since we talk so much about old DP in the show. If you got to start somewhere, there's a lot of great places to go, but I would say Deadpool Secret Invasion is a really great starting place. It's just a light, fun introduction to Deadpool. It was meant to be the... It it's, was the first issue of the run by Daniel Way. It'll tell you a lot about Deadpool's character with him killing a bunch of scrolls all at the same time and it it's a great way to get to meet him though of course his book uh, with the first storyline by Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan and Tony Moore Dead Presidents is also a great first volume to start with too if you'd rather that there'll be links to that and a bunch of other comics we talked about on this week's episode all on the episode page for this on lasertimepodcast.com all right now, back to the rest of the show.
Avengers Assemble! Welcome back to episode 173 of Cape Crisis, everybody. And it's just me and Dave for Hi. this one. We we lost Chrissy's having to prep a bunch of Simpsons quotes for the other three podcasts we're recording mm-hmm. today of five. Four? four five? Uh, right. Well, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. It, it, what we care about is comic books on ah. the show, not podcast production. <laughs> and uh, I read a few today. Ah. I did indeed. I am behind on TV, but I'll get to it first. I have not watched the two most recent episodes of Flash, which just aired because it's back on. Nor have I been keeping up with uh, Supergirl, though I hear the White Martians are now in it. And it's 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 having a lot more to do with the Green and White Martian War from the DC world than I expected it to, certainly, when they started. Is there more to that war besides the fact that they're different colors? Um, the, yeah, the white ones exterminated all the green ones and that they had, and now they're free on Earth and they're kind of genocidal in that way. And the, the green Martians are the introspective nice ones and the white Martians are the, are the evil ones. Of course we all are. Yep, uh, but I did watch the first episode of DC Legends of Tomorrow. Ah. The um, it's it's not a full. I guess it's not a mini series because there will be more seasons. It's not just supposed to be one and done. Yeah, but it's also not supposed to be. It's a short season. It's not twenty two episodes. Is this animated? No, it oh. is the newest oh. spinoff of Flash and Green Arrow. Hmm. So Flashing, it it it's been this very slow feels organic way of growing the Flash and Arrow universe has been where they'll introduce first they'll, you know, they introduce Green Arrow or Arrow and his world's kind of real and then they're like oh and here are some villains and here's some other people who have sort of like some powers or stuff and then the Flash showed up and then they have the Flash show and even more characters get introduced in that and now this show is like okay, this, these eight characters have been introduced in Arrow and Flash now let's put all of them on one show, mm-hmm. and then they're going to meet even more people. It's just this exponential growth. <laughs> and so uh, the the premise is this character, Rip Hunter, who, uh, not unlike Doctor Who, is a British person mm-hmm. who goes through time to fix problems and meets crazy people and has a time ship. But uh, it's totally... Mm-hmm. It, it is worth pointing out that Rip Hunter appeared in DC Comics before the creation of Doctor Who. So, uh, who's to say who <laughs> ripped off who? Yeah! <laughs> who is to say that? Ha <laughs> ha! No editing there. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's... I think the real... I love Hawkman Hawk and Hawk Girl. They are a great pair. And I really enjoy Brandon Routh's... Um, kind of dweeby kind of um uh oblivious version of the atom mm-hmm. because he plays the atom like oh i'm a science nerd and i'm kind of tony stark but i don't know i'm cool and yeah. but he's got superman's body but he kind of doesn't realize that either he's mm-hmm. just kind of like hey computers are neat and i know all about computers hey hello i'm t- this has <laughs> got to be the, big, the biggest downgrade in like uh superhero <laughs> role history yeah it from is. a Film adaptation Superman to TV adaptation Adam. Yeah, the Atom of all Atom. characters. Yeah, it's. But I like that he's taking it in stride because 
Otherwise, he'd just be the the one and done Superman yeah. failure. Nobody even wanted back. I don't even remember. I don't know anything else he's in besides Zack and Mary make a porno. And uh, the the Scott Pilgrim. Oh and yeah, Pilgrim. yeah. That's it's it's very light. His other things, and he seems like a cool guy. I think it was. He's not the problem with Superman, though. No. I think I honestly think Brian Singer just hired him to be in Superman and be like, "You can imitate Christopher Reeves very well." A- am I a character? You're Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! Like it, he, yeah, I didn't feel like he had enough to deal with. And then he, when he did have story points, his story points were, "You're a deadbeat dad. You mm-hmm. abandon your your son." Yeah. I did like how that movie just everyone knows Superman's origin story. Let's skip it. Yeah, like uh, thing crash, boom, we're yeah. done. Yeah, unlike Man of Steel. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, it was a fun show that is just because it's so packed with characters, they can just like jump around, and it also seems like a very expensive show. Like it's. It's called the pilot part one, so it was uh, that I watched. Mm-hmm. I think the part two will be premiering tonight. But, but what it's is just it, CW? Like, uh, yeah, it's CW. Mm-hmm. But the the budgets keep growing all the time. You can still see. I still get the feeling you watch Supergirl. You're like you spent a lot mm-hmm. of money on this show, and you spent eighty percent as much, mm-hmm. if that, on the Flash in, in this show. But it's growing, and it's their most. It's some of their most popular stuff. Huh. I did read that the Flash had some of its highest ratings. To date last night, which uh, shows that it's growing too. But that's all I've watched from TV. Uh, In the comic book world, I had some books shared with me by a cool dude on uh, who who follows us. I can't remember if they want us to mention them or not. But hey, thanks whoever you are. But so I got to read a few up uh, newish books there. Aftershock Comics is this Uh new this new publisher that just launched, and they've signed a ton of like big name people to it. Uh, like Brian Azzarello, um, um, like Brian Azzarello. <laughs> and, oh, sorry, and Paul Jenkins, and, uh, and multiple other ones. And so this, I wanted to read their first books, but it's it's the first issue of stuff of things that I think are clearly meant to be read mm-hmm. in a full set. So I read Strayer number one, which just honestly like did not hold my interest. It's it's a sort of a monster book kind of but on i like the art was just like blah to me i was not into it american monster i liked a little more it was by brian azarello i did like that azarello azarello has a good gift for dialogue and his one of my favorite bits is there's a guy they introduce who i'm assuming is the main character of the book who is a man covered in scars he seems to be like a burn victim and he's just like red all over and he's a big burly guy and uh it he's Somebody buys him a drink because he says, "Oh, hey, you're a you're a veteran. I owe you this drink." He's in like Middle America, and this guy's like, "You're a veteran. You own this drink." <laughs> Just because of the scars, or and well, yeah, yeah, but he's a large guy with a bunch oh, okay. of burns. So the guy's assuming he was a combat veteran, and so then his the the guy's reaction is, "Fuck you! I can buy my own drink. If you want to thank me? Give me a blowjob." <laughs> and then the guy was like, "What?" He says, if you if you really thank me that much, give me a blowjob. I at least earn that. And then he said, but his, your dick's all scarred." Well, then oh. he said, "Yeah." Then he said, "But that's not even an option for me anyway." So fuck Uh-oh. you, like. So yeah, it was. I'll keep following that one, I think. But uh, I and speaking of Supergirl, it actually got a first issue this week, but only the comic. There's not a Supergirl comic based in regular DC right now, but Weird. this is issue one of a tie-in to the TV show. Well, honestly, I think whoever it was at DC. Was sleeping on the wheel, just going like, oh yeah, there's some Supergirl TV show coming out. It's not like we need a comic to tie into it. Who cares? Who's going to even watch it? And turns out lots of people watched it. 
but th- it's it's okay, but it's it's just it's a digital only comic, which actually means you get half of a story because for a dollar instead of a full story for four dollars. But it was is a nice little start. I like the art in it, and and it it also spends about four pages in it telling me the origin story of the show. Which I'm like, if I'm buying this, the show just started. And if I'm buy- there's 14 episodes. And if I'm buying this because I like the show, I probably watch the first episode, and I don't need four page- pages of explanation of her life. Yeah, that is that's weird. all. Uh, but then, meanwhile, a girl I cannot put down, and who's my favorite girl in the comic book world, Squirrel Girl, ah. number four came out today, and it's really great. It's a continuation of her battle with Doctor Doom and time travel, mm-hmm. and. It has some so many funny bits. I just wanted to screen cap all these things and just share them on Twitter. But then I was like, oh, no, but that would spoil the comic I want to tell people to read. And all these writer, the writer Ryan North and the artist uh, Erica Henderson worked so hard on this. I don't want to I don't want to ruin that for him. But there were two jokes I did really love where uh, they they're trying to think of plans to defeat Dr. Doom. And one is, yeah, let's go back in time and get dinosaurs, dinosaurs. And then. <laughs> Uh, Squirrel Girl just imagines all of them riding velociraptors. And then meanwhile, uh, later, Squirrel Girl gets in a fight with Doctor Doom and says, Hey, we can work together on this. We can we can compromise. She tries to find a way to compromise with everything. And then he uh, says, like, those needs, uh, Marlo wouldn't even put these needs <laughs> on this level. And then she just says, Dude, did you just name check Marlo's hierarchy of needs in a friggin' <laughs> fist fight? <laughs> Uh, I just it, I love that book so much. So wait, this is rebooted from last year's uh, trade. Well, let's just say it's a it's season two. Okay, you read that trade, and there were four yeah. more issues after that trade, mm-hmm. and then it uh, then Secret Wars happened, and now the new season started, and they're like, it's our next semester in college, and now we all live together, and okay. so that's all. Honestly, you should just think of it as a continuation. Mm-hmm. Same same writer, artist, same cast, yeah. same all that stuff. So, but no one's like fundamentally changed in uh, No, like, no. Okay. They're just more mature, okay. I guess. So they're just slightly more mature. They're like, oh, I, we we saved the world from a Norse squirrel mm-hmm. god, so we're, we have a little yeah. more confidence in ourselves. Okay. <laughs> and also it has to deal with the new, the new status quo of her being an official Avenger, and then she just has a teleporter in her closet. To go on Avengers missions just so they can say, well, wait, how does this college student even go on Avengers missions? Mm-hmm. Okay, she has a teleporter. There's actually a really good joke in the first issue where she takes them to the Avengers food court just to show off, like, <laughs> we got all this awesome food in this food court. Uh, and then lastly, there was Bee and Puppycat Volume 2, wow. which is the Boom series based on the com- or based on the internet cartoon. Uh, Natasha Allegri, the creator of it, is not that involved in it because she's working on the cartoon. But it's an okay little... If you like the Bee and Puppycat cartoons, which I do, I like them a lot, they're pretty similar to that, and they give me the feel of classic, like, 80s gag mangas that I've really enjoyed, and they're good like that, but they're also... It has the same problem I have when I buy manga. If It, it costs more than $10, and I will be done with it in an hour. Like, yeah. at, at the most an hour. Especially joke ones that you just... Flip through like ha joke, haha joke, haha joke, and and then it's done. I it's it's hard to recommend just based on the price of it. It's like, but it's also you want to support good stuff. It's it's a tough battle, and also if they it was if it was cheaper, they could print it in black and white. But yeah. it would lose a lot in being in, in losing the color of the cartoon as well. But uh, that's it for what I read, Dave. Uh, so I did half my homework. 
Okay. Uh, last week in a. Uh, you assigned uh, I, you very um, I bravely took aggressively on, uh, self-assigned double homework. Yeah, because I hadn't finished my previous homework, which was which was Ocean, mm-hmm. uh, Warren Ellis, Chris Browse, Carl Story. This was really dense, like one of the denser comics I've read. But and, it's a quick, uh, or it, it's not a lot of pages, though. Yeah, but it, like there's a lot to it, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I if I had to grade it, I would probably say like a B minus. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like enough happened. It seemed like. Like one episode of like a sci-fi show. Like, yeah, like, it 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 does read a lot like the yeah. first movie in a series mm-hmm. or a pilot or whatever. Is this like a self-contained thing? Or yeah, it's is self-contained. It... Okay. I feel like looking back on it, I feel like it might be something Ellis wrote to then try to pitch to movie mm-hmm. and TV companies. Like you could just make this. Like this is a great first episode. Yeah. Because that the main character I can't remember his Nathan name. Nathan Kane. Yeah, he's an interesting dude, and I, I especially like him reading about old spaceships when they're going yeah. on the new fancy spaceships, mm-hmm. and him talking about his his awesome gun that doesn't shoot bullets because that would like, really yeah, fuck up a discs. spaceship. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it got really good at the end. Like, well, actually, no, about the midway point where, like, so he runs into the, that that planet, or not the planet, but like a space station full of like. These workers that uh, uh, have yeah. chips in their brains and can only like work like they only function to work, mm-hmm. and they kind of want went a little haywire. So that's neat. And then like when he when he gets back on that ship to confront them and he does all of the this the uh, zero gravity shooting that looked really cool. Yeah, I yeah I forgot about that. That's it's such a neat sci fi concept that yeah. guys who take on jobs to not even just be like like a functional drone <laughs> while collecting a paycheck, but literally choosing like no i am a drone you take yeah. you take over my mind so i'll make money like that yeah. it's pretty I, crazy i like that idea and i also like it kind of reminded me too warren ellis i don't know how much he was involved but he helped in constructing the world of dead space like mm. he was when uh, when ea was making dead space they hired a brain oh, yeah. trust of writers including him to help him with that and then you read that comic you're like this feels like some of it those does. ideas or yeah. at least it was written when he was thinking of those same things, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, like, it's almost like guns are abolished in this, except for his weird gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, just, and I, yeah, the weird space stuff in the... And I mean, there's even yeah. a space mining colony yeah. early on in the book, so... It definitely, it reminds me of Dead Space a bit, but it's better... Let me tell you, Dave, you never want to read any of the Dead Space comics. They're all garbage. Uh, right? I read, like, two of them. Trash. I, I did that... There was, like, a game that was a comic... That yeah, sucks. that was a yeah. Eh, I didn't no, like actually, it. no, it wasn't good. No, uh, um, I liked the, the character of Nathan Kane was good, but like, there's so many supporting characters that were just like kind of flat to me. Uh-huh. Just about everyone he interacts with. Yeah, uh, they, they are, that's one problem with Elsa. You may did you feel the same way in Desolation Jones that some characters are just there to say words and uh, yeah. I mean, there was like one or two characters that were like really like the uh, close to Desolation Jones that are like, oh, this person has a bit of depth. Mm-hmm. And like, and some of them were neat just from like, here's like these other weirdos that have had uh, kind of scientific experiments done on them and given them weird superpowers, like mm. Desolation Jones. This one is just like, oh, this is uh, this is the mechanic on the ship. She's horny. This is uh, <laughs> this is his second in command. I think they have a romantic thing going. They only have so uh, many pages, Dave. Yeah. They're like, look, she's just. She, Ten years ago, too, in comics, having yeah. a woman announce she was horny was very yeah. groundbreaking. Some a weird like. This was was this a weekly thing for a while? Uh, it was three issues at once that came oh, okay. out. Like that. Well, actually, let me take a look. Because the real weird quick. thing is, this was like a tough thing to read because I just every time I read the trade, I like having the 
okay, here's the end of the issue break. I can uh, I can you know do something else for a couple mm. minutes. There is no breaks in there. That's just like it's a short thing, but it's I, like a hundred pages that never really just have a like. Okay, here's the end of this that chapter. That is true. Here's the end you of this have chapter. no place to stop. This was it was published as six issues. Ah. So. Six issues. I thought they were three big issues, yeah. but it was six issues total. But yeah. But it's been a while since I've seen I've read a a trade that doesn't like show you where the breaks are. This one just kind yeah. of like flip, puts them all together, and it was kind of yeah. You don't you don't even know like all right, where did I just experience like the end of an issue, like the mm. peak that uh, leads into the next issue? It just kind of felt a little bit weird. At that time, Warren Ellis was really playing around with stories yeah. that he was telling, and he wanted to just tell complete. A to B storyline, like no, no more, yeah. no more single issue breaks or monthly storytelling. Mm-hmm. So you have not read then, yeah. uh, Mad Love, and I'm not gonna, yes. I'm not gonna be, uh, yeah, over anxious and try to do double homework. Batman, uh, Batman, that, Mad Love is next. That's from one. yeah. Okay, what did uh, you Walking David up any with any of your zombie comics? Uh, well, now they're they, that. <laughs> They just had the new issue two weeks ago, so I think mm-hmm. there's not another one for two weeks. And yeah, they need a little and, breathing space after one. Yeah, we got the new the new season is next month, and that the Michonne game is also next month. I oh believe. yeah, so it's like a three episode thing. It's mm-hmm. not a one off like 400 days. Yeah, it's, it's, they just said like it'll be out next month, and like it, it was supposed to be at the end of last year. Mm. But then they, what they said is we're going to put these episodes pretty close together, okay. which is like you know like for, for Telltale um, with besides that Minecraft game, every other Telltale game is like two months at the at the quickest. Yeah. I think in all I think in the cases where they come out so quick together, it feels like. You finished everything then, mm-hmm. or you basically finished mm-hmm. all episodes and then just shipped it, because that's kind of the way I think they got to do it. I, I mean, it's also not like, even with Telltale being, yeah. even at their most stripped down, I can't imagine that they could actually finish any one episode of anything mm-hmm. in two months. Yeah. Even if you just handed them a script and was like, okay, we've written all the script, make an episode in oh, two yeah. months. I don't think they could even do that. Yeah. I think that's part of the thing. But also they're... They have so much on their plates. I I can't wait, cannot wait for their Batman game. Yeah. But, uh, well, let's get into the question of the week replies then, Dave. Okay. Uh, we asked people what their favorite recastings were of mm-hmm. uh, famous superheroes or characters. And Rad Mardigan uh, is first. He says, this isn't a superhero, it's a villain. However, Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal of Wilson Fisk slash Kingpin was amazing. He was the, my favorite part of the whole Daredevil Netflix series. It made Michael Clark Duncan's forgettable portrayal all the more forgettable to the point where I had to use Google to make sure I remembered correctly that it was him. Michael Clark Duncan never made an omelet, so fuck <laughs> his kingpin. John Hizzle said, I think Don Cheadle being swapped out for Terrence Howard was pretty good. And this may be because Howard was only in one movie, but he never left a mark on me as Rhodey. I think Cheadle is way better is a way better fit. He's more believable in both war machine armor and in his army dude. Terrence Howard, Howard Howard never did any of like the war machine stuff, did he? No, there's like a scene in the first movie where he's like standing next to a war machine looking suit, yeah, and then just says "next time," <laughs> which uh, not so. But John Cheadle, wait, like I he came it's been in, a while. in two. He came in in two. Was he in three? Yeah, he was in three. But he hasn't been in any of the side stuff. He was in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Oh, remember? Was it? Yeah. Oh. He was there shooting stuff, and he'll be in Civil War. Okay. He's pretty busy. I think, too, it helps with Cheadle that, not to say Cheadle's, like, 
a, a super skinny guy, but he's yeah. a smaller. He's definitely not yeah. the massive beefcake that Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth is. And mm-hmm. I think you actually need to be skinnier than that to fit into that armor and not look completely ridiculous. And so I like that he's kind Are of a there, smaller dude. There's no black like any superhero movie starring a black guy as the lead. Black Panther will be well. Okay. There was Blade. Remember Blade? Yeah, yeah, that counts. That that but, that was very uh, Marvel, progressive. Oh, I guess it what, was Marvel? a Marvel film. Okay, but then, it was like yeah. when Marvel. It was in the late nineties when Marvel couldn't get like Marvel. Yeah. All they wanted to do was like we really let's make Spider Man, let's make X Men, and it still yeah. took them forever. And then meanwhile, New Line Cinema says, "Hey, you have this vampire hunter guy from yeah. the seventies. Can we make it? Sure, whatever. Who mm-hmm. cares?" And New Line got it done. Mm-hmm. And Wesley Snipes, you know, was a big believer in the character. And I think he did, yeah. in at least the first one, did a good job building up Blade. <laughs> so, Blade was a while ago, though. Yeah. And, was uh, that before or after Steel? That was after Shack. Steel. Oh, okay. yeah. Which, uh, man, let me... <laughs> quick, Another quick aside. I think I've mentioned it before on the show, but how this get made, the podcast, uh-huh. has a companion piece written each for each episode, mm-hmm. written by Blake J. Harris, who wrote the... Uh, console wars book which okay. is really good about the sega versus nintendo console wars in the 90s he he does these things about actually how they got made and he interviews the directors or producers or all these people mm-hmm. usually not the most famous person who was in it because they're probably too busy for it but you get all these great behind the scenes stories and the steel one is amazing like he did one for steel oh. just them talking about how they're like, oh, this film stars a black guy, and they won't give us any money. Like, they're, we're, we don't have any... They won't give us any chance to advertise it. They won't give us any money for good special effects. We're literally driving around, the, like, the, the most dangerous parts of L.A. to film this. And, like, they talk about how during one scene, while they were filming a chase scene, actual gunshots wow. fire. And when the cops show up... They're like, wait, what's this? There's a helicopter here. Did we call this? Like, no, that was the helicopter (laughs) filming this chase scene. But anyway, look it up, guys. Uh, Brendolph says, I thought Troy Baker did a good job as Joker in Batman Arkham Origins. It'll always be hard for a voice actor to be in the Mm. same level as Mark Hamill when it comes to an iconic voice like the Joker. Well, that's that's the only nice thing I can say about Origins as well, Mm. which I, Origins is fine. Origins is fine. It's it is the worst Arkham game I'd say. Who was, uh, well, who played Batman in that? Um, Ra, Roger Craig uh, Avery, the guy who was uh, Ezio's most famous role uh, and okay. Sonic. But he told me in his case, in both those cases, I think they just had lower quotes than. Yeah. I think they were paid less than Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill because they're not giant mm-hmm. stars like they're lesser stars than those two at least when they were making the game mm-hmm. uh, Troy Baker made Joker his own I'd say oh, yeah. he found a lot of new stuff to do with him while Roger Craig Avery he was either or Roger Craig Smith sorry he was either told like don't do just we, we hired you to do mm-hmm. Batman just freaking do do the Batman voice bang. and it's like Kevin Conroy plus 20% Christian Bale and it's, ah. it's just very simple Gene Simmons Toyota said an easy one would be Carl Urban replacing Sly Stallone as Judge Dredd. Oh, good one. Yes. But I also want to mention Michael Caine replacing Michael Goge as Alfred. I love the 89 Batman, but Caine's Alfred brought so much more to the role than simply bringing a cold soup <laughs> and letting Vicky Vale into the Batcave. I think... Well, uh, Alfred, the old Alfred was in commercials, I remember. That's also like, what he said. Uh, Goes Alfred sure could sell Diet Coke. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. Your Diet Coke, sir. <laughs> uh, McDonald's is asking about this. <laughs> uh, 
I have I have no scruples and will say what you need me to say. <laughs> Nathan Explosion said, I'm not sure if this counts because they are playing younger versions of the characters, but I love James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender as Xavier Magneto. Ah. Yeah, they are the core of those films and they make it. I, I love that McAvoy... McAvoy and Fassbender just get on so well. Mm-hmm. And I love that Fassbender plays Magneto as like a militant... Uh, my, uh, a militant activist almost who's just like no fuck this we're not waiting for our rights but he's one who could also he can say that and then say and I will literally yeah. kill thousands of people or I have the ability to do so maybe it's because those movies put them more in conflict but I feel like they have a better rapport on the screen than mm. uh, Patrick Ian Stewart McCormick, just, yeah. Yeah. even though they've become the best of yeah. friends now yeah, I thought maybe, maybe that they... takes away. Maybe it's because they're such good friends. I'm like mm. these guys. I see them like hanging out and in, in, uh, and going on trips together. Yeah, they're like, not as natural. Want... In yeah, the I film. don't believe these guys as mortal enemies. Yeah, or they're just dudes and dress up. Well, that's mm-hmm. why they were just in Days of Future Past. They were just brosing and they're like, mm-hmm. "Yep, we're just buddies." Right. That's right, Charles. I wasted <laughs> too much time. <laughs> so Tenga was the last reply. Like I've never seen the 2004 Punisher. But uh, but just by looking at them, I can tell you that the burly Ray Stevenson of War mm-hmm. of War Zone is more suited for Frank Castle than Thomas Jane. Mm-hmm. However, I expect John Bernthal is likely to outdo the both of them, aka uh, Shane from The Walking Dead. Ah, uh, but I bet those two will outdo Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yes, they all. It's it. Uh, the Punisher casting just keeps getting better yeah. each decade. Like <laughs> Dolph Lundgren to Thomas Jane to. Uh, Ray Stevenson, and now on to John Berthnall. Uh Alright, so this week's question of the week maybe is one you can't answer, Dave, uh-huh. I realize. But uh, it's about is there an artist you really enjoy, that, or you enjoyed as a kid who then later you were not so into their art anymore? Mm-hmm. And I, I base this on earlier in the show we talked about uh, the interesting thing of Jim Lee drawing a, a Colossus drawing for Jeff Johns. And it still looked really good, but it also... It used to be even 10 years ago, I thought, Jim Lee, number one artist in the world. He's the best. And now I look at like, yeah, I kind of see your tics, or maybe you're getting older, and it's just like how... If you read a Charles Schultz Peanuts comic when his his hand... Like, artist age, they don't draw as nice as they used to sometimes. And so... I wonder if it's that or what, but uh, Jim Lee, Jim Lee is slightly one of them. I'd also say that um, Howard Chaikin really mm. has gotten. He was one I liked a lot as a kid, and was uh, one of the few guys in Marvel who wrote and drew his own things in Marvel and DC. But now that he seems to insist on that. It's like, no, you're not really good at that anymore. Just writes. You're a good writer. Yeah. Same with Jim Starlin, who did who did uh, the Thanos and all the Thanos all right. stuff. His he still kind of insists on drawing his things, or maybe it's because. Marvel won't spend the money to get him an artist, but either way, I'm just like, these are good stories with okay art. It's kind of cheating because it's animation and not uh, comic books. Well, that's okay. uh, And it's inspired by the Creator's Fired episode, uh, John Gritzaluzzi. He's he's kind of also an easy answer, I would say, because uh, Mm. he made the best Nickelodeon cartoon of the 90s, and it's just evolved so much, and... Like the amount that the that Ren and Stimpy went down after he departed is not nearly as bad as when he took what it back he did over. when he left Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Every his his post Ren and Stimpy productions were worse than any of yeah. the post him Ren and Stimpy episodes. Yeah. 
I totally agree with that. Listen to that episode of Laser Time, yeah, guys. The one. creators fired. There's a bit in it too where we talk about the Ren and Stimpy comics, which I really enjoyed, mm. which were written by Dan Slott, who is still currently wow. my favorite Spider-Man writer, who, mm. writing amazing. Uh, and Bob mentioned on that one that John K almost prevented it from being published because he was like, no, I should just draw all of these. If there's going to be a Rand Stimpy comic, I'll draw them. And somebody just had to tell him, like, you can't. Like, you can't finish these. Mm -hmm. You can't also draw a comic book. Drawing a comic book monthly is a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And you can't do it. Uh, But, okay, so those are our answers. Maybe maybe you have one Uh and you'd like to tell us about it. And you can do that in the forums lasertimepodcast.com slash forums and comic discussion there'll be a page for it or there'll be a link to it on this week's episode page which you'll find on lasertimepodcast.com along with a lot of other great stuff which unfortunately gets Chris isn't here I'm going to have to do a lot well Dave and I will just yeah. have to split it all here so first off there was this week's episode of Laser Time <laughs> where we talk all about the legacy of X-Files why we loved X-Files we didn't talk about the new X-Files because uh, we hadn't seen it yet Nope, that first episode, man. Yeah. But it, 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 I'll watch that second yeah. one. That first episode was not selling me on it, though, I gotta say. Uh, but yeah, we talk all about that. It's a pop culture podcast we focus mm-hmm. on every week. There's also the brand new podcast, 30 2010, where we talk about events from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, all in pop culture this week. Mm-hmm. Get ready for Super Bowl, another Super Bowl. <laughs> And the Challenger's explosion. Oh, no. The Challenger blew up to... Okay, so we all remember the Super Bowl shuffle with the the Uh Bears. Duh, Bears. It's the only Super Bowl that really even mattered to us as kids in the 80s. To me, because Refrigerator uh, Perry was in pro wrestling and on G.I. Joe. Oh, wow. And so I had to follow him like, what else did he do? Oh, he's a football player. (laughs) Uh, But... Yeah, that that happened, and then two days later, the Challenger explosion. That that close together. Uh, But Dave, maybe you want to talk about some, too. Uh, Well, there's Cheap Popcast, the pro wrestling podcast that I host. Uh, This week, we'll be talking about the Royal Rumble and Lucha Underground. Mm. So it's a big week in wrestling, so uh, I'm really looking forward to talking about all that stuff and all of you guys hearing it. Uh, what else do we got? We uh, we were both on Video Game Apocalypse this week. That's about, right. About uh, meta games, kind of like games mm. that co- make commentary about video games. It was Re- quite a meta episode. A real thinker. Yeah. Uh, One we- of course, Talking Simpsons, uh-huh. where we chronologically go through every episode of the, the uh, Simpsons, mm-hmm. starting from episode one. Where now. 15 episodes into season two, we just did uh, the Oh Brother, We're Out There, where uh. Homer meets Herbert Powell and builds the Homer car. <laughs> and there's also Vigigame uh-huh. them. There's also VG Empire, the video game music podcast. And this week we talked, uh, we had a second installment of Super Mario RPG music to go around Deep. with Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, which just came out in America. And, uh, geez, that, Louise, and, so many things. On, on top of all that, we got our Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime, where we have bi-weekly uh, wrestling commentaries and bi-weekly comic book show commentaries from uh, from you. That's right. And weekly movie commentaries. Weekly movie commentaries <laughs> and a whole extra podcast yep. if uh, you want to hear us shooting the breeze in mm-hmm. a more relaxed atmosphere. That's what bonus time is. We do so much. Yes. Just to say it out loud, it's like, wow, no wonder no wonder it's hard to write things for the website, too. Yeah. But, but well, by we the way, top do that. Seven. Yeah, we did yeah. a top seven. About permadeath games. And you should read last week's top seven, too. Look it up because it's about the forgotten comic book cartoons uh. of the 90s. Oh, boy. So I hope you're still with us. And uh, 
And thanks again for listening. And until next week, Excelsior! Excelsior.